The first question that people ask is why a French Catholic priest, why today 25 young people from many countries in Yahad are working in Poland, Lithuania, Russia, Belarus, Romania, Moldavia, etc. So I will explain you, because I know you are a public who knows the story. First, it began by a family story. My grandfather was deported from France to Ukraine as non-Jew in a small village called Rabaruska, and he never spoke. He passed away, and one day I decided to go back to Rabaruska, and nobody wanted to say even there were Jews in the city. When you asked the population, it was Soviet time, they say no, we don't know. We don't know. I say, but where? The city was mainly Jews, 75%. Yes, but they, they have been taken in truck, and we never know where they have been sent, and we saw no shootings. And so, you know, me, I am from a small village where we killed the two Germans, and everybody knows it. So here they killed 18,000 Jews in the village, and nobody knew. But the Cold War was like that. Nobody wanted to speak. Suddenly, Time passed away and the Soviet lost and the mayor brought me in a forest with 50 farmers present at the killing. And these farmers were old, began to speak and it was the beginning, you know, I understood suddenly that the Jews were killed in public. And since this day, before I always learned, Jews were killed in secret. So I remember the first man he spoke, he said a German arrived with 30 Jews, no, with, sorry, he arrived alone with a motorcycle and he turned in the village. So people were wondering why they sent one German. In fact, now we know with Yarad studies that they sent a specialist of the digging. He's an architect. So his job is to calculate the volume of the mass grave according to the number of people they want to kill. So normally he goes to the city hall and he asks how many Jews are still alive and he will calculate. You must know there are two kinds of mass grave. There are mass grave where they, they, they kill people from the top and they fall down. And there are mass grave when they force the Jews to go down. It's called sardine and pakung. They had to lay on the corpse. Effectively, the day after, three Germans arrived with 40 Jews and they forced them to dig. So it took one day and a half to dig. So the Germans began to be buried. So they wanted a table that they asked to the village and they put a gramophone, all the people know what it was, to listen German music. And one, he played harmonica and he broke his harmonica. And later, us with, meta with metallic detector, we found the harmonica. After, the Germans began to be hungry. So they asked to the village two chicken that they grilled. And they said to the Jews, now you are tied, you should go out of the grave and take rest. And so the 30 Jews went out and sat on the grass. At that moment, an Ukrainian policeman went down and he put explosive under the ground. After a certain time, they said to the Jews, now you go, you finish digging. Of course, the 30 Jews exploded. At that moment, I will never forget an old lady called Maria. She had a blue scarf and she came and she said, Father, 
The German told me, come, come. And she had to climb in the trees to pick up the pieces of corpse of the Jews and to hide them with branches so that the next Jews would not see them. And after they brought trucks and trucks and trucks of Jews. In one day and a half, they shot 1,500 Jews. It was the end of the Jews of Ravaroska. With two shooters and three pushers. Why pushers? Because army was not happy of the shooting of the Jews. So the army says to these units, one bullet, one Jew, one Jew, one bullet, no more. So if one Jew was young, baby, or only injured or old, he was pushed and buried alive. And effectively, in that village, they said it took three days the mass grave to die. Now we know that because we have interviewed 5,000 people and all the people said the mass grave was moving during three days. It was a shock for me. I was alone, Yahad, my organization didn't exist. I had no camera. I was not ready to listen to such story. I was a parish priest, so not ready for that. And I came back to the car with the, the mayor and he told me this phrase I will never forget. He told me, Patrick, what I did for you for one village, I can do for 100 village. And I will never know why he said that. And I will never know why I said yes. It was for me like God's call. I went back to Paris. I spoke to Cardinal Lustiger, was Jew by family, Cardinal of Paris. He told me, oh, Patrick, I know the story because my Polish Jewish family has been shot the same way in Beijing in Poland. I went to New York. We knew nobody. I met the manager of the World Jewish Congress and he didn't know I was speaking Hebrew. So I heard he said to another one, you know what? We are looking for his mass grave since 44 and this guy that we don't know, he finds them. <laughs> so we organized a secret meeting between Lustiger and Singer in the suburb of Paris and we built this non-profit called Yahad together in, in Hebrew and Inunum together in Latin. I remember Cardinal Lustiger said we cannot say Unum because we are not one but we are in one and one is God. So it's a complicated name because when you speak to Jews they always ask why Inunum? When you speak to Catholic they say what is Yahad? And, and when you speak to non-believers, we understand nothing. So. <laughs> so it's complicated for us. And now that you work in Iraq, it's more complicated. And I tell you the truth. We were thinking to make three, four travels. Because we imagined that was one mass grave here, and the next one, 100 kilometers, the next one. But after one year, we're still in the same district. There is one mass grave every hamlet. Ukraine is like a huge cemetery. One million point eight Jews only in Ukraine have been shot. So we decided to build Yahad. So Marco arrived by Providence. He was working for the church. And Marco, you can stand up and show yourself. He's the director of the house. You can applaud because he represents the 28 people. <laughs> you know, people see always Father Patrick, Father Patrick. You know, they imagine I carry, I drive five cars myself, three cameramen, and uh, no, I have a team like Anna, she has a big team. Me, yeah, I have a small team, but they are 25 full time. Young people, I am the old guy now. And so, 
we had to build a methodology to investigate. So we had to find Soviet archives, German archives, to crisscross, knock at the door and find the people. After 15 years of work, she said in the publicity 10 years because uh, she, Anna and me, we think we are young, but it's 15 years of investigation. <laughs> and uh, so I will explain you the methodology of the German. The German decided which village to kill. The Germans were living in big cities, not in the village. So they phoned the local administration and said, you have to prepare the mass grave. They send an architect, as I told you, he will calculate the mass grave, the size, etc. When they are ready, they phone to the region, the mass grave is ready. You must know that to dig a mass grave, it needs 200 people sometimes. So the Jews in the ghetto, they see that the farmers are going and coming with their spades to dig graves. I remember a village when a mother sent her child out of the ghetto and asked the family, is it for us, the grave? And, you know, sometimes the local said yes, sometimes the local said no. When the Mosgrave is ready, the German decides the day. They announce to the shooters who will be shooter tomorrow, because in the German, you were not shooter every day. One day you could be shooter, one day you could be cooker or driver. They said, you, 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 you tomorrow. At four o'clock, you must be ready in the trucks with your gun and your cartridges. When the Germans, they know they will be shooting tomorrow, they drink. Because they do that many times. They have to wake up at four o'clock, climb in the trucks, they don't know the destination, and they drive to the village to be at the village at five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. What we discovered in Yarad is that the night before the shooting, it was a terrible night for the Jews. Because the neighbors knew it was the last night they could do something to the Jews. So it was legal that the police could rape the Jewish girls in the ghetto. So the morning, the police said, I could rape five, five girls, six girls, etc. And also some families enter in the ghetto to take belongings. I interview an old lady in Belarus. She told me that she knew the shooting would be for tomorrow. So she entered in the ghetto to take belongings of the Jews. So it's a, the night before the shooting is a nightmare. When the Germans arrive in the morning, they announce to the Jews, don't worry, don't worry, you will be deported to Palestine or to Kiev or to work. And you know, these people were in Soviet Union. So Stalin was very strong in deportation. So announce the deportation was not a good news, but it was not necessarily the death. And they said to the Jews, to prepare yourself, you have to take all your belongings because you will go far away, take your money, everything, your keys and everything. So the Jews make a huge line in the middle of the city and they force them to walk five per five to count them because the unit of killers they may, must make a report to Berlin to say how many Jews have been killed. The Jews sometimes wait two, three hours because the Germans are working with local police and if they find a Jew who is hidden in a house, they will shoot him. So at the end, it's a long line of Jews and of dead Jews. Suddenly, when German arrived, they said, direction Palestine. The trick of the German is to dig the mass grave in the direction of the train station. So the Jews were really thinking to take the train. I will give you an example. In Babiyar, in Kiev, they killed 35,000 Jews in three days. 
So when we sent them, they told them they will deport them. So 10,000 Jews went directly to the train station and not to the grave. And so Germans say, they believe it, they believe it. So we have to send units to bring them back to the mass grave. So the Jews began to, we to walk and suddenly no more train station. Links rushed, it's finished. So the Jews now understand they will be killed. So the girls take their jewels and throw them not to give to the German. The man tried to destroy their money not to give to the German. So us with metallic detector, sometimes we find 10, 20 wedding rings. Sometimes we find star, Magan David, medallion. So for me, it's very moving because it's the last jest that this girl did in 42. But it's also an evidence that the victims are Jew because we have to fight the deniers. After we ask them to sit on the ground and to undress, and they will isolate them five per five or 10 per 10. Why five? Five Jews, five shooters, one bullet, one Jew, 10 Jews, 10 shooters. The same evening, they will bring back all the belongings of the Jews and sell them by auction. And after, empty the houses and sell the belonging by auctions. So after three weeks in a classic village, there is no more belonging, no more suits, no more Jew. And you, you must understand it was Soviet Union, so the houses were not the property of the owner, but property of the state. So it stays nothing. They began the first day of the war and they finished the last day in 44. These mass graves are from Lithuania to Azerbaijan. It's a continent of mass graves. For the moment, Yarad has found 1,000,000.4 Jews. It stays 1,000,000 to find. It's why we are racing against time, why we are raising money, because in four years it's finished. The Jews will not find, will never be found. Because in Russia, they make no memorial. Because they say these Jews were refugees, in fact. They were not local Jews, they are not our Jews. Why do we do that? The first reason, it was, it was a crime. It was a crime committed against his people. Every Jew saw his killer, every killer saw the, his victim. And if we accept to build Europe, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, on thousands of mass graves of Jews, how can we say something to actual genocide if it was nothing to kill two million point four Jews? You know, we build museums everywhere. We build a commemoration, but we don't bury the Jews. So for me, it's always a surprise. You find money to buy, build a huge museum, but not to bury the people. So I say that because for the deniers, you know, they can say it's a wonderful example. Jews are so connected to their dead and suddenly they don't bury them. So the biggest challenge was to bring back the Jews to their mass graves. It was not easy. It was not easy. Now more and more families go back themselves, pay a flight ticket, say Kaddish for the first time and made the family memorial. And we have hundreds of families. I pay somebody full time in Yarad only to answer to the families. After such a conference, we receive always emails in which mass grave is my grandma, in which mass grave is my uncle, in which mass grave is my rabbi. You can ask that through the website. We don't charge money for that, it's not to raise money. It's to help you reconnect for the dead because the dead has been cut from their family. The second thing, the dead have been cut from the Jewish people. 
people said 6 million, not counting all this huge number of Jews shot. And the last thing is that now time is going. We have to teach Holocaust in another way. I am teacher and professor in Georgetown. I have 72 students this year, mostly non-Jews. And I teach the crime from the beginning to the end. Why people come to learn Holocaust? Because they know that actually there are still mass crimes. They know that there is no Hitler fatigue. Hitler is known all over the planet. Mein Kampf is printed in every language. I was recently in Iraq. I went to the Central Bazaar. I could find 10 books of Hitler, 10 different books pro-Hitler. Hitler is known and is a reference today. Stalin is not the reference. Mao is not the reference. It could be, but it's, it's no more. But Hitler, for a mass killer, is a reference. I don't know if you remember when Ahmadinejad was president of Iran, he made a mundial meeting of deniers, but of deniers of genocide of Jews, not of not deniers of Armenian or deniers of Rwanda, because genocide of the Jews is a reference for the mass killers. So also, after Yarad began to be like a specialist of the shooting of the Jews. One day I was in State Department where I met Anna, and she gave me an award. I will never forget, suddenly in the middle of the ceremony, a guy stood up, his name was Greg, and he asked me, would you accept father to do the same in Guatemala? I said, Guatemala? Because Marco is from Guatemala, I say, he's the guy from CIA to ask me that. And so we met Greg and he said, we would support you if you make the, jo the job in Guatemala, because in Guatemala was a long conflict and there is no human dimension in the burial and so on, would you accept? We decided finally to go to Guatemala and we began the same investigation about the conflict, the conflict would finish in 96, where you are victim on both sides. And we discovered the same story. The killer came in the morning, sometimes with planes and helicopters, sometimes in trucks, saying to the people, don't worry, we are not for, to kill you, we have only to move you. And at the end was a shooting. So we decided to build an Holocaust Museum in Guatemala. It's the first Holocaust Museum in, in Central America. And as in Guatemala, it's a law to study Holocaust. We are overcrowded by young people because they are sent by the state. Every public school comes to visit the museum. It could have stopped here. You know, small organization, 25 people, 2 million point for Jews, research in Guatemala, research for the gypsy. But suddenly, I saw the news. It was in 2014. I saw that ISIS was coming in some territories and taking all the group of Yazidi. Who are the Yazidi? I never heard about them. It's a group who is believing in the light, in the sun, Zoroastrian, very, very old people, not Christian, not Muslim, and always having refused to convert to Islam. And they were condemned to death by ISIS. I look at the TV. It was after I, I listened to the Pope. The Pope always said, you know, they are persecuting Christian overpopulation in the Middle East and nobody cares and nobody cares and nobody cares. I took time to pray, two, three days. I took my decision. I say, I will go to Iraq. 
I remember I came back to the office, Marco was like that, say, we have to do Iraq now. And so uh, we had no entry, we knew nobody. And to go to Iraq is not, as you imagine, easy. After Providence arrived, like always, I was in Brussels and my bear was not good. So I say, I, I need to see her dresser. And people told me it's very late, you know, because I say, yes, but I have a meeting tomorrow morning. So they say, there's only one Arab dresser with open. I say, I don't care. I went there and I asked the guy, where are you from? The dresser told me I'm from Iraq. And suddenly he told me I am Yazidi and my father is teaching English in the refugee camps. Ah, for me, it was new God's call. I say, I found the door. Now the redresser is the best investigator working full time for Yarad. I'm sorry for you if you look for a dresser, it's finished. <laughs> so, and we built a team to investigate in Iraq. I will show you the second 60 minutes. You know, people were thinking I paid the team of 60 minutes because they made two emissions in six months. So I can tell you I didn't pay them. And uh, we were the first team to investigate what happened because in fact, ISIS is making the same thing that Hitler did with the Jews. They are killing the Yazidi. They are harassing and killing many Christians. They are killing the gay people. They are killing anybody who is not like them in the complete silence of the planet, like it was in 42. So we have been with a special Yarat team dedicated only to Iraq. We have been eight times, and normally, if God's will, I will be in two weeks in Iraq again with another team, but for Christians. So we discovered the methodology of ISIS, very simple. When we arrive in these regions, they block all the streets, and they ask to the people, you have to convert to Islam or to die. Majority of people say, okay, we are Muslims. You have to put a white flag on your house, and after, don't worry, don't worry, you will be convocated to administration because you need to have new papers. You remember they did the same for the Jews, convocate to administration. So, you know, people have no choice, they go to administration. The building of administration in Iraq are huge. So when all the communities administration building, they close the door and here they enter. So first they will take all the newborn babies, take out from their mother, put in a truck, and they will give them to Islamic family. Until now, no mother could find any baby. Because you know, after, completely disappeared. After, they will bring doctors. Because they want to check which girl is virgin or not. So the mothers, when they say, see, they will take their girls, they take their wedding rings and give to the girl and give a baby to make think they are a mother. That's why they call doctors, and one by one the girls are checked. If the girl is virgin, she's separated with her mom, put in a bus, and they will be sold by group. Somebody can buy 200, 300, and after they will sell them one by one. The women who are not virgin are isolated with the children, also sent in other buses, and they will be used as waiters, servants, or as human shield. The very old people who cannot walk or who are sick are isolated and shot in mass graves. The men are separated from the children, also doctors are checking with a man and with a child. 
if a boy is classified as a man, he will be shot in mass graves too. And if he's classified as a boy, they will take this boy and send them in terrorist camps. We have interviewed now 140, 50 people. It's difficult to imagine because when a girl comes out, she has been sold sometimes 15 times. They buy them, rape them sometimes, and sell them the day after asking for more money. So the girl, she doesn't even know what happened. She has been forced to take drugs to accept to be raped. Beautiful girls are given to the authority of Daesh, of ISIS. And so it's terrible detail. These leaders of ISIS don't want the girl to remember she has been raped. So they bring her to hospital. She will be under anesthesia and raped under anesthesia. And when she wake up, she's raped, so it's finished. She's his wife. I will give you testimonies of one girl. She was sold to an Islamic judge. So her husband told, you, told her, change your name. I say, which name they gave you? And it was very moving for me because she told me I have been named Sarah. And she was forced to have the niqab. Every morning she left the house he was driving, went to a prison, make torture, and decided death penalty for the people. Only in Alep, she saw 75 beheadings done by her husband. And she went in eight months, she did that. So imagine when she is free, the difficulty to speak. Because she has been changed her name, changed her religion, forced to be with a man doing awful things. The boys also were liberated, it's difficult. We were with Marco in Iraq and suddenly we have been told that one boy was liberated. He was nine years old. So two years of terrorist camps. Imagine a boy nine years old. So it was very strange, he was very small. And first he opened his jacket and he said, I received a bomb from the coalition and they had to bring me to hospital. So he had an awful chirurgical intervention. After he said, what do you want to know? You know they speak like adults, being children. They are brainwashed. He didn't remember his language. He spoke only Arabic. The family doesn't speak Arabic, speak only Kurdish. Every 10 minutes, he was stopping to speak and he said, Allah Akbar, long life to Baghdadi. And at the end, he approached my cameraman and he said to my cameraman, give me your bag, I will blow you. These children who are liberated are completely brainwashed. And so we decided, Yarad, to pay two free psychologues to try to help them reintegrate their identity. Because all these children one day will be accepted as a refugee and they can be used by terrorist networks all over the planet. Who is ISIS? It's complicated. It's not a local organization. We have nearly 1,000 French in ISIS engage in ISIS. There are people from Germany, people from Belgium, people from Holland, people from Australia, people from Sweden, from Norway, people from your country, America, black and white. I see here we never speak about them, but we have always testimonies of Americans on the ground until now, converted in ISIS. People from Canada, and of course, people from all the Arab countries people from Sudan, people from Libya, people from Tunisia, from Iraq, from Syria. We, we list at least 20 countries engaged in ISIS.
They have a long-term vision. It's why they had so many terrorist camps, because they say we'll be defeated, but the children will stay terrorists and will blow themselves here and there. Why do we do that? You know, the situation of France has changed. I don't know if you listen to the news, but we always wondering where will be the next shooting, where will be the next attack. Same thing in France now, same thing in Brussels, same thing in Germany, same thing in Western Europe. And all these people, before shooting, make a video, say, fidelity to ISIS. You had only a few shootings here, one in Orlando, one in San Berdino. So, but for us, it's daily life. It has changed completely the life in my country. If you go to Notre Dame now, you will have to wait nearly for sometimes one hour to enter because you have to show your bags to army, not to police, to army. It's a huge changement. So we are doing that because the disease is going on. And you know, when we teach Holocaust, you speak of bystanders, upstanders, all this small lesson is very nice. But today, genocide are still on the planet. And we cannot say, I didn't know. You open your TV, you open internet, you open our website in Yarad, you will see a lot of news. But people sleep, like in 42. Because as long it doesn't reach my family, my group, my city, where is the problem? It was the same. I understood now very well what happened in 42. People came back, say it's a mondial war, they are killing the Jews and the gypsy. People say, very sad, you know, for Jews and gypsy, but I'm not Jew, I'm not gypsy, and there is a mondial war, so we cannot take care of everything. And I wouldn't like that in 20 years we meet here and we make a commemoration of genocide of Yazidi with one survivor. We must act before it's finished. We must not wait. We cannot wait a genocide to be finished. So it's why also we are raising money for that. It's a strange adventure. Now also the church pushed us to make a statement about what happened really to the Christian. I don't know if you listen to the news, but Passover was not really good Passover in, in, in Egypt. Many Christians died. No news about the killers. I will finish by something, a reflection. This genocide is happening now. I don't know if you realize, there is nobody guilty. You see 40 dead, 200 dead, 1,000 dead, but we have not one name of people accused of genocide on all the planet. They are all only accused of terrorism. So even if they have killed 1,000 people, 200 people, if they have sold the girls day and night, they will be accused of terrorism. So we are fighting in my organization that people be confronted to judge in our country, in France or in Germany, so that they can be accused of genocide, really. Otherwise, why, why, why Nuremberg? So, I would say we do that now because we have to do that. We do that also because now we are attacked. In my country, we are attacked. They killed the priest during a mass, and all the churches for Passover were protected by army. Imagine in France 10 years ago, if you were to think that it needs the army for, to make Passover in France, imagine, imagine the situation. So we are not in the question of refugees that you are here in the political debate. We are far from that. 
where only confronted people were acting a genocide against everybody who is not like them. Thank you.